Good morning. Really glad you're here with us this morning. We're starting a new message series called Par for the Course. And that may worry you if you're not really into golf. Um, but don't worry, I'm not that into golf. <laughs> I'm not that great. Uh, I play golf when I'm invited to court, sort of connect with the person who invites me, but I don't get calls when somebody needs a fourth player in a tournament. And I, I don't, I don't wait around for those calls. I'm not expecting that, that to happen. Uh, the number four definition of the word par in Webster's dictionary is the score standard for each hole of a golf course. Um, if you score under par, you get to say cool, cool names like birdie, which is one under par, or eagle, which is two under par. I don't, I don't, when I'm on a golf course, I rarely use those words. Um, the phrase par for the course has made its way into everyday language. Uh, and that, that means it's not unusual, it's normal, it's what we should expect. And, and that's where we get the name for this series. In golf, the most elite players in the world, they, they score under par consistently. They, they are uh, often uh, scoring under par. Uh, if you're a golf fan, you watch these players on TV uh, who are playing at, at just incredible courses. Um, I have played at, at one of these. I was invited and tore it up, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not good. But um, I was invited to play at one of these kinds of courses, not this one, but, wow, is that awesome? I mean, you see these guys playing on these kinds of courses and that's that's cool they have caddies who carry their bags uh they have a crowd of fans who cheer them on look look at this i've never had people lined up like this watching me take a stroke in a golf course they they are really the privileged few and in any arena of life uh there are tend to be this this people who have privilege and uh you you may or may not want that privilege some of us are more driven than others some of us less so but at any rate we we would all prefer to make progress toward the right things in life we would we would prefer to to grow and develop and and gain uh, more privilege, and what I mean by privilege is not not necessarily the plush lifestyle that that you see these guys living. I'm not referring to that. I'm mainly speaking to influence, making decisions, and being connected to the people who have the power to influence the different arenas in which we operate in, in, in work life, uh, here in church life. We, we get into an organization where a group of people exist, and we see the people who are influencing what happens in that organization, and, and we're drawn to that, some of us more than others. But 
That's really how I'm using privilege. We would prefer, most of us would prefer to grow into that and to make progress in life in that way. Now, when we see the privileged few on TV playing golf on these kinds of courses, um, we don't necessarily think about how they got to that place of privilege. Uh, it's, it's grueling to get there. Uh, for golfers on the PGA Tour, they must work their way through PGA qualifying stages. Hundreds and hundreds of golfers attempt to qualify every year. And basically, it boils down to 25 who are able to go on the web.com tour, which is sort of like the minor leagues of, of the PGA. Uh, the path to privilege for playing golf on the PGA Tour or really in, in any arena connects to God's path to legitimate privilege, to proper privilege. That's what we've said in the tagline of this series. Um, it really connects at some key points. And so we're going to use the game of golf as a metaphor, whether or not you're a golfer, uh, no matter how you would look swinging a club. Maybe you've played mini golf. We could, we could go with that. Just mini golf's great. Um, but we're using this as a metaphor for the things that we need to pay attention to uh, as we aim to make progress in life toward the right goals that God has for us, and in the right way. So there are some things we need to pay attention to because God is paying attention to those things. Have you ever thought about God's role in granting privilege to people? Have you ever thought about the the role he plays? What is he looking for to determine who grows in privilege and who doesn't grow? God has built some principles and patterns into the way that life works. And it's a real advantage to know what he looks for in these things. That's We get into the Bible, the Word of God, God's Word, where he communicates to us, and we learn these ways of God, these principles and patterns that God's built into life. Now, whenever we see privilege in the lives of those Maybe at the top of a business, the top of an organization, the top athletes, the top leaders in government. We, we tend to focus on the perks of that, of that role. We tend to get caught up maybe in the money that they have or the fact that they don't seem to have to worry about, uh, things going wrong because they can just throw money at it or whatever. Some of us, as I said, are more driven than others in this way, but all of us would likely prefer to move forward in life. The good news is that we don't need any special skill or talent to make progress, to gain more privilege in the right way. We may not reach the top, but we can make progress in a way that blesses those around us and blesses our family and friends. We're going to look at that in this series. We only need to focus on the right things. Keep our, keep our eye on those things. PAR, in PAR for the Course, stands for three words. Privilege, accountability, and responsibility. The series title, PAR for the Course 
then is a reference to the par principle that God has wired into the way life works. God's made life to work so that privilege is matched with equal parts of responsibility and accountability. This, this is the way it is. If you're in an entry-level position at work, you have low responsibility and accountability that lines up with the low level of responsibility that you have. You get a paycheck, which is a privilege. It's a privilege that goes with working and taking responsibility for something. It, it also is a paycheck that matches the amount of responsibility and accountability that you have. Over time, if you work hard, you're faithful with your responsibilities and you work well with the accountability connected to those responsibilities, then you can grow to a higher par. Um, we receive the privilege of higher pay and the ability to influence, to help make decisions, to give input, and it's valued. There is something in us, if you think about it, if you stop and think about it, there's something in us that knows this is right. This is just. God, God's built in this justice motive into the people he made. We know this is just. We know this is right. Um, this is the way to build a solid reputation uh, at work, in church life. In our families, I remember I started out, I'm the baby of my family, and I started out, you know, it was a little rough on the other people around me. Very self-centered, very focused, and the Bible says all of us are self-centered when we start out, but hey, I had it down pat. I mean, I was really, I was the baby, I was spoiled, and I, I could tell that I was growing in in things related to responsibility when my nickname changed that my brother-in-law gave me. He he watched me grow up. My my sister's 12 years older than me, and so he at first called me Dillard. And uh, you know, who wants to be a Dillard, really? And I hope your name's not Dillard. But I, he, he said it in a certain way. He said, you know, hey, Dillard, what do you think? You know, you, you, you just don't want to be talked to that way. Well, I knew about in my late 20s, my nickname shifted to Randino. Now, that's pretty cool, okay? I, I like Randino. And um, I could tell, okay. Maybe he's starting to give me a little respect here. And we all want that, don't we? We want respect. And we want self-respect. This par principle that we're looking at is really a way not only to gain the respect of others and those around you, but to, to learn to respect yourself as you learn to live within the responsibilities you have that God's given you, and you are willing to be held accountable to do the things that God has given you to do. This is just right. 
But what happens is many people grab for the privilege in a way that's not legitimate. And we know that's wrong. That's not right. Let, let me hear you say it. That's not right. There's a movie with that line in it. <laughs> if we're operating in a family, a work environment, or a church community where people are getting privilege and not taking responsibility, something screams in us. Because God has built this justice motive in us. People want privileges because of the prestige, the possessions, the power that's connected to them. Jesus shows us, and we're going to look at a passage that, that of Jesus' teaching. He shows us that these are byproducts. <laughs> the they're the byproducts of handling responsibility in a certain way. Trouble often comes if we try to take a shortcut to privilege. So our place, what we need to pay attention to, is to focus on what we can control and let God be in charge of the promotions and the respect and all that we gain. Jesus made it clear that faithfulness is the qualifier for more privilege. Here's the path to proper privilege that is going to provide the framework for our message series. Luke 16, 10 through 12. One who is faithful in a very little will also be faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will trust you, who will entrust to you, the true riches. And if you've not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? God qualifies for people. Uh, He qualifies people for more privilege. And this, this is, he's wired this into life. So you may not realize that, that God is behind all this, but he qualifies people by checking their faithfulness in three ways. A little, our money, and another's. This is what he's looking at. This passage, as I said, is the framework for the Par for the Course series. Today we're going to look at the short game. If we're faithful in little things, we will be faithful in much. This is the way it is. We know this. This is right. In golf, a player's short game has the most impact on his score, his or her score. 30 to 40% of the score is tied to how well they, they chip, which is the short irons just chipping up on the green, and, the, and how they putt. A, a big percentage of your, your score is tied to that. The tournament is either won or lost on the putting green. And so you must improve your short game if you're going to improve your, your score. Here's a picture of Tiger Woods putting in front of the crowd. Uh, now, he, in his prime, he could hit the ball a mile. Uh, but he was also very good on the greens. So he had a, he had a good long game and a short game. And we're going to look at that in this series. And, and the, the same way Jesus says, the little things are crucial in life. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. We know this. This is this is the way life is. God uses the little things to test our hearts for faithfulness. How we handle the little stuff is a forecast of our future. 
it's it's telling us what's what's going to happen. Uh, next week, we're going to look at what we're calling the long game. And before God is going to trust us with true riches, he's testing what we do with our worldly riches. On November 11th, we're going to discover how important carrying another's bag is tied to the par. Uh, we'll wrap up the series by looking at the whole process God uses to qualify people on the path of privilege. It's a great advantage to understand what is important to God as we aim to grow in legitimate privilege, as we aim, aim to gain self-respect and the respect of those around us, which we would prefer, opposed to, to disrespect. Uh, this is how life works. If you want more privilege, focus on handling your responsibility in a way that you gain and respond uh, to handling more responsibility, and be ready to deal with the accountability that lines up with that. Over time, your privileges will grow. If you focus on responsibilities, your privileges grow to match, match up as you prove faithful in these. As you grow in your responsibility... Your privileges will grow along with your responsibilities. At the same time, you're going to be held accountable at a higher level. This is the way it works at work, in family life, in church life, in any organization. And God wants us to focus on being faithful and not grab for the privilege before our due. This is the way it works. Jesus shows us that faithfulness with a little qualifies us for much. If you want to grow in privilege in every arena of life, focus on being faithful with your assignments in that arena. Focus on doing them well. Look back at verse, verse 10 again. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Good bosses, parents, pastors, others who give oversight and pay attention to how people handle their current role before uh, giving a larger role. They pay attention to that. They, they're watching, how is this person handling this amount of responsibility? They're watching. And they're, they're gauging. And it goes from little to big, light to heavy responsibilities. Wise parents... Gauge the faithfulness of their kids with the little before they give larger responsibilities. Don't they? I mean, that's what wise parents do. Before you hand your child the keys to a car to drive, you want to know how they've done with the little things. Because, hey, that's a huge risk, isn't it? I mean, they're, 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 when you hand that, when they're driving around in a car, your whole financial future is at risk. <laughs> I mean, we don't. That, sorry if your child is in, you know, driver's training or something right now, but that's the case. That's the way it is. So wise parents are gauging. Um, are they faithful with the little things? Are they considerate? 
in terms of how they're affecting the family and the way that goes. It's, it's an accurate predictor, predictor of how they're going to handle a major responsibility like driving. And our role as parents is to get them ready for that. We're to train them with the little things. We start them out with the little stuff. And we train them in how to handle it well. And we build that into them over the years. At Church in the Valley, we aim to hand larger responsibility for ministry to those who take the small details, the little areas, seriously. It's a privilege to lead people. It, it's, it's a real privilege. And so we try to look at that. We, we pay attention. Often, however, we overlook the little to focus on the big. And we tend to think, well, when I get, a, when I get a, an assignment worthy of my effort, I'm going to give my best effort. But until then, I'm just, it's tempting to think that way. Here's one way to gauge um, how in sync we are with God's perspective on par and how we respond to someone uh, who gives us some responsibility. I think one way to gauge is how do you respond when someone holds you accountable for something you're responsible for or something that you said you would do? The other day, Cindy, my wife, had asked me to get a card and a gift for a wedding. And uh, I completely forgot to do it. (laughs) That's not unusual, by the way. (laughs) But um, that I was busy. I I forgot. It was a work day. I was going to swing by and get it. And it was easy. You know, it was like a a card, a wedding card, and a gift card. You know, that not a not a big shopping excursion. I completely for, forgot to do it. She was helping with the wedding. She had already gone ahead. And thankfully, she casually mentioned, hey, can you make sure you bring the gift? And I, <laughs> and I said, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it was about, I had about 30 minutes before I needed to leave for the wedding. And that was going to crimp my style because I thought I was going to be a little, you know, have a little more time to get ready for that. But she casually mentioned that. I told her, thanks for bringing it up because I totally forgot. Now, I had time to go and get the gift at a nearby store. It was it was taken care of. But when Cindy asked me about the card and the gift, I had several options in response to her question. I could have said, sure, I'll bring it. And I never had to mention the fact that I totally forgot. That would have been okay, not not lying, but slightly deceptive. Um, I could have excused my forgetfulness and thrown it back on her and to take care of, since it was going to now interrupt what I was planning to do before I took off. Uh, I could have been frustrated that she asked me in the first place and told her so, grumbling about taking care of this detail. Uh, that I said I would take care of. And, and all of those are viable options, and they may have happened in the past. <laughs> this is why I came up with them. <laughs> but I just happened to respond in a good way in this circumstance. Now, I don't bat a thousand on these things, but I'm telling this little story to show how this principle works in everyday life. 
But I would have chosen any response other than the honesty and going to get the card and gift. I would have damaged the trust between us. Maybe just a little bit, but I would have. Our attitude and approach toward the little things forecasts to everyone around us whether or not they can trust us. And it's a very, very important, it's vital. It forecasts that to our spouses, to our bosses, to our friends, to our fellow believers here in church life as we serve together on the team. Those over us in various arenas are gauging our attitude along with our faithfulness to know whether or not we can be trusted with more. That's the reward of handling a little responsibility well is more responsibility. That's the reward. When you find a person you can count on, think about it. Doesn't that feel great? To have a friend you know that you can call, to have a, a co-worker that you can, you can ask them to help you with something and they're going to get it done. That, that is a great thing. It's the same for others when they find us being faithful. That's what King Solomon said in Proverbs 26. Many a man <clears throat> claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. In our world, faithful people are like gold. They're rare. It's really rare to find someone you can count on. When you do, you treasure these folks. Because it strengthens your heart to know and relate to faithful people that you can count on. I want to close out the message, wrap it up with some ideas about how to qualify yourself in the little things. First, don't leave the small jobs undone. Small things grow into big problems over time. Uh, I know that for me, when... Something breaks on the car or on the house in the past. I've ignored I've tried to ignore it. Oh, oh God, please make it go away. <laughs> they, they don't go away. They grow into monsters. They, they just, we got to take care of them while they're small. Um, taking a lazy approach with your finances will bite into your pot, pocketbook as you overspend by not knowing the condition of your, your bank account. Ben Franklin said, watch the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. That's true. Is there a small job that you need to complete right now? Something that's on your mind, it just seems to be a little bit. Is there something little you need to do today? We also need to make sure that we don't overlook the mundane for the more exciting. Oh, there's parts of my work that I really enjoy. There's parts of my work that I'm like, oh, I just got to grind it going back to the salt mines. I'm going back, going to dig in. It's easy to do the part of your work you enjoy and drop the details and the boring stuff. When you decide to follow Christ, you get a new boss. That's what you're saying. When you decide to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you gain a new boss. And he will motivate you. As you do your work, as you take care of the little things, as you do the, even the boring stuff, he will help you get motivated to do those things if you ask him. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever your work, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not men. So this, he, he becomes the one that you're drawing the motivation from 
to do the little things, to take care of them faithfully, and to accomplish those. In everything we do, once you decide to follow Christ, you aim to please God. He's the one you're pleasing. So that raises the standard. And we don't, we don't do, you know what? He's, he sees everything that goes on in every part of our life. And so if we're working for him, even when people aren't paying attention to the little things I'm doing, I'm working to do well. I want to handle them well because that's what pleases God. That's what makes him happy. Approach your job with a desire to please God in it, which will include doing all of it, even the boring part. Then finally, be faithful to those around you. Do what you say you will. Be on time. Hold yourself accountable. Ask yourself the question, do I keep my word? Am I keeping my word here? If I've given it, I need to keep it. The par principle is something that God has wired into the way life works across the board in every arena of life. If you want to advance in life and gain privilege the right way, focus on the right things, the responsibility of marriage and family, the responsibility at work, the responsibility of leading others here in church life. Be faithful with that responsibility. We should expect... This is par. That's what par is. The normal, the not unusual, the normal way. We should expect to experience a par balance as we go through life. If you want more privilege, focus on handling responsibilities and accept the accountability that goes along with it. Over time, as you do well in these things, your privilege will rise to line up with the level of accountability and responsibility. Now, we can try to take a shortcut to privilege, but that never goes well. We're going to talk about a judgment cycle that kicks in as we, as we do that. If we grab for privilege without responsibility, there are illegitimate ways to get it, but often that just sets you up for a fall. And God lets some rise so that he, they will have a bigger splatter circle when they hit the deck. So sometimes he, he does that. That's what he does. Um, we must be faithful to the people around us and to God's purpose for the groups we're a part of. That's what, God, that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. This is the way to bless the people around you. This is the way it works in life. He who's faithful with a little will be faithful with much. In the rest of this series, we're going to focus on how do we cooperate with God. Since this principle is the way life works, how do we cooperate with God so we can grow toward legitimate privilege and enjoy the life he's given us? I'd like to ask you, if you would, um, to consider taking a next step today as I wrap up the message. On the back side of the connection card, there's some next steps in the left-hand box. Um, and they're also at the bottom of the listening guide. Here are a couple suggestions. My next step today is to memorize Proverbs 26. Many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. That would be a great verse to memorize just to remind you of that. 
Um, or Luke 16.10 is good. He is faithful with a little, be faithful with much. And then there may be an area, as I've been speaking, uh, there may be an area, a little area or a big area, that you need to decide to be faithful with. So that would be another step. Be faithful with, you fill in the area. Um, if there's something that comes to mind, I need to take care of this. I need to cover this. Make sure it happens. Um, write it down. Remind you to give attention to it. Um, I'd like to also invite you back for the rest of this series. Love to have you back. Uh, we're going to look at this par principle in different ways and in different areas of our lives. And I'd, I'd love for you to join us in this. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth of this series. And I am so grateful, God, for your patience with us, your grace, your mercy. And I I just ask that you'd give us the power to take these steps that you've laid on our hearts to take. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.